Coming at you from Atlanta, Georgia once again for another episode of Talk Burly to Me. We're so happy you tuned in with us today for another episode. And this podcast is brought to you today by Four Suits Entertainment and Grayscape Media. And as I said, I am your hostess with the mostest. My name is Rula La. How are you guys doing today? I'm so excited you guys tuned in for another episode with us. Today we have a very important subject that we're going to be covering. And this is something that a lot of uh, burly people uh, deal with the struggle at some point in their careers. We're going to be talking about festivals, the beast of festivals. This is the one, ooh, this is a touchy subject for some people because this has a lot of positives and negatives associated with it. It's a very rigorous process that these people go through, putting them together, applying for them, performing for them. You know, it's just a very big undertaking making a festival happen. And there's a lot of parts and pieces that go together to make the show a success. And, you know, also being a performer that has performed in a festival before, and I've seen people firsthand that organize them and put them together, you know, there's a lot involved, you guys. And today, specifically, we're gonna be just talking about the beginnings of like how you would go about necessarily, uh, you know, applying for these festivals and what kind of stuff they're looking for, you know, what are some pointers that some of the new faces out there in the Burley community can kind of reach out to and get some information on. But so anyway, uh, to start, there's a couple of really great festivals actually uh, within the area and one further up north that are open for admissions right now for performers and instructors. So if you guys have the need and you think you've got a routine strong enough uh, and you want to share it with these people, you know, by all means, you know, be brave, go apply. Um, the list of the festivals that we were going to mention here, a couple of them uh, actually right here in the southeast. Uh, we're going to start off with the NOLA Nerdlesque Festival in New Orleans, Louisiana. They are open for admissions right now, and I believe they still have a couple more weeks left that they're going to be open for that. Also, Crescent City Burlesque Weekender, also in New Orleans, is going to be open until July 1st, I believe, accepting admissions for that. Uh, next one we've got right here in Georgia, the Savannah Burlesque Festival that takes place in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, admissions are open, I think, for maybe like another week or two. Might be wrong on that, but by all means, go check them out on Facebook, social media, wherever you can find their information. And last but not least, another exciting one taking place out in Bar, Vermont, the Vermont Burlesque Festival is currently open for admissions. And yet again, you guys, all these festivals are seeking not just burlesque, but anybody within you know the performing arts community. If you do vaudeville, if you sing, if you do uh, lyra or other kinds of aerial arts, or you know you can do flame breathing or fire eating stuff and fire ploy or whatever else that you might have a skill set for. You know they look for all kinds of dynamic stuff that they want to include, not just burlesque. So if you're a part of the live entertainment community and you've never wanted, you, you know you've always wanted to you know show your stuff in different parts of the country like by all means you know 
see what it's about and just apply and see what happens. You never know what kind of opportunities might get opened up for you from it. But anyway, guys, uh, so moving on to the meat and potatoes of what we're going to be talking about today. So the thing with festivals, it varies a lot depending on what kind of a festival specifically you're applying for, what area it's in. You know, do they have blue laws that you have to abide by, which is, of course, you know, the uh, the laws that are stipulating you know the certain amount of coverage that is necessary for you to be able to perform in an establishment that serves alcohol, you know things like that you know and you have to have all of that disclosed to you of course by the people that are the executive producers of these festivals because they're the ones that have to make sure everyone's on task and doing everything that they're supposed to to stay within uh, reason. But anyway, uh, other than that. So the, there's a couple things that specifically I have been uh, advised on firsthand by several professionals that are things that you really need to think about and uh, you know focus on whenever you're trying to gear yourself up to apply for these festivals. Uh, first thing, you know, the routine itself. What are you doing? You know, is it burlesque? Is it an aerial art form? Is it you know comedy or is it something else entirely? You know, like what what genre are you in? You know, what kinds of stuff have you seen other performers do and that, you know, maybe it's just getting a little stale and, you know, how could you expound on that and make it different? Uh, you know, just depending on what you're doing and how well you're executing this routine, you know, you just got to put everything you've got into it and make sure, guys, that whatever particular performance it is that is being taped that you're going to be sending into these festivals, make sure please make sure that you rehearse a lot before you get on that stage. You know, just have, you know, enough of the practice under your belt that you know that routine by heart, that if something happens and goes wrong, that you can still pick it up and still keep going and the audience be none the wiser that you made a mistake. You know, just practice, guys. It's all it takes. You know, and uh, also on that note, it's not even a bad idea sometimes to get some outside counsel from somebody. You know, just ask someone to come randomly watch you. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a fellow burlesque performer. It could be just a friend of yours that's not in the scene that would give you real audience perspective on what they thought of the number. And, you know, also videotape yourselves. Go back and watch it because if you don't have mirrors, at your disposal for you to watch your movements and you know be really keen on those things when you're practicing it's just as helpful to record yourself in a you know in a setting by yourself and then go back and re-examine everything and make sure that you're doing everything as you've originally designed it to so that when you get on that stage everything that you envision in your mind that number looking like is exactly what those people see when you get out there to perform it but so that's just also, some uh, things that I have been told from other professionals in the industry when I was asked, you know, when I asked for feedback on my numbers and stuff for why I wasn't selected, because that, that's how you grow. That's how you're going to get better. It's how you're going to get stronger. And it's how your numbers are going to get stronger. So just don't be afraid to ask for some guidance or some insight or, you know, just some critique, because other people might notice things that you don't. And especially when you've been sitting there watching the same number over and over and over again, it might become a little bit mundane for you. And so it's nice to just have a fresh set of eyes every now and then look at your stuff. Okay, but so with that point, 
Moving on to the next one, another big one that in the beginnings was a big problem for me before I made some networking contacts, the better quality video. You guys, the better quality video. This is one that I have heard numerous, numerous producers and other performers remark on being the reason why some people don't get selected for festivals. It's just not necessarily that your performance wasn't up to par, but maybe the video quality isn't clear enough for them to get a full idea of what your number is like and how it's going to read when they watch you firsthand. So that's why, you know, like, how clear is the video? How far away from you are they? You know, are they really like following all of your choreography and your stuff like the way they should? You know, what kind of a perspective do they have whenever they're filming you? Is there stage lighting? Is there, you know, a, appropriate dance space or whatever it is for what you're doing so that it doesn't just look like you're filming this in your living room? You know, stuff like that that I've been told it are things that people take into consideration when they're watching these videos and that they you know look for whenever they're going through all the submission process and you know guys it we understand that not everybody out there has like a camera crew at their disposal 24 hours a day and sometimes you know you're not always going to be able to have a cinematographer at every show that you perform in but you know in those cases until you get there and until you get to a point where you can have someone with like real live video equipment get your shots you know just ask a friend ask a friend to hold your iphone or you know film it on their tablet or whatever you have available to you because quite frankly guys any video is better than no video and honestly if you don't have you know the star-studded uh quality video like some other burly performers do but it's a, you know it's a good enough video that shows your routine in its full um, you know its full splendor then it doesn't really matter you know then they'll see everything they need to see they're going to see how the audience reacts to you and they can base their decision relatively on that so just something else to also watch out for guys and you know yet again this goes right back to the other previous discussion we had about building those network contacts and really reaching out to people and, you know, trying to make relationships and connections with other people because even if they're not necessarily performers or anyone directly involved with burlesque, there might be others in the other separate industries out there that all can work together in the entertainment industry, like people that do film and television and everything like that. You know, just hit up your friends. You never know who might know somebody. Uh, but yeah, so... Another really, really important thing that I want to warn all of the Burley fam out there about whenever they're undergoing the process of getting their uh, festival submissions together for whatever they're applying for. And so another thing of uh, great importance, and this was something that I personally had to deal with early on in my career as well, because you know, I didn't have a lot of money and I didn't have all the time in the world to just rhinestone things and do my costumes and my props to the full extent of what I had imagined. You know, that's the other thing that is really key whenever you're trying to apply to some of these bigger festivals, guys, the completion of your costumes. You know, how, you know, how much is done for the people that are reviewing your video to really inspect and see the quality and see how it is going to affect the overall appeal of your routine. Because, you know, if something is 
barely finished and it's falling apart and it doesn't look good, you know, that's going to resound with the people that are watching your video because then they're just paying attention to this disheveled thing falling apart rather than focusing on watching you. And that's the other problem. You know, you've got to make sure that you have the stuff that you can execute well because it's really nice if it's all sparkly and glittery and pretty. But the problem is, guys, that if you're having trouble undoing that zipper, or if you can't get that snap undone on cue, or if, you know, the, you know, the straps on your tie around your waist are so long they get trapped under your heel and you trip or something, you know, that's not really going to be very conducive to executing a great number. And that's all the more reason why you guys need to practice and make sure that you're not going to have any of these hiccups with your props or your accessories on stage. So, I mean... Just make sure that whenever you're prepping and you're in the process and you're getting ready to shoot your video, which is the next step, you know, just try to get your stuff as 100% as you possibly can. If there's like a costume piece and it's not completely finished, you know, with whatever you're doing to it and you explain that to the judge panel, most of the time they're very reasonable and accommodating and give you an opportunity to show what the performance is with the exception of this one minor thing that will be completed later on. You know, some judges also require that periodically you have to provide like update photos or, you know, proof that you are in fact expounding on the thing that they saw in the original video and that you're going to hold true to your word. So just make sure guys that if you are promising people that something is, you know, in the works of being fabulous and really awesome and sparkly and amazing, that you're gonna deliver because if you roll up to these festivals after making all these promises and you don't deliver, they're going to remember that. People will remember that and it's going to have an impact on your ability to get into the festival any following years that you might apply. So just make sure guys that you're doing your due diligence and try to find some time that you can balance out between rehearsing your routine and you know allocating all the stuff and then actually you know getting all of your costumes and your props and your accessories and your things you need, you know, to the final stage of completion. So that, you know, when you get ready for the festival itself, all of your stuff is ready, it's rare and ready to go, and all you need to do is just rehearse and make sure that your performance is on point. It just makes things so much easier for you. And a good friend of mine, Ember Blaze, actually, who's frequented a lot of festivals that we're probably gonna be having an interview with at some point in the near future about this very subject, also has attributed a lot of her success to the fact that she makes sure that the video that she provides demonstrates the level of quality that she is known for. And that's something that you real start to build a reputation for, but you gotta make sure that you're holding up your end of the bargain. And, and you know guys, uh, apart from that stuff, like with the costumes or whatever, you need to remember too, like I have also said previously, that it's not just about the rhinestones. We need to understand like what is the significance of these pieces and you know like why is it adding to the the number itself and to the story you're trying to tell. You know, like because it can be something you know not even with stones all over it, but it could still be really beautiful and entertaining to watch like chiffon or you know, silks that are very flowy and things like that. You know, just take your time with it. Don't feel like you have to rush and just go out and buy like gobs of Swarovski stones because that's not really what it's about. 
but over time that you will start to build your inventory and get those kinds of things but that working on the routine itself and making it really strong at heart is where you need to begin and everything else kind of falls into place after but yeah so that's my uh contribution to the subject on festivals guys and we would like to let you know that we're going to be having a special guest, Miss Ember Blaze, on one of our future podcasts about this subject as well that she's going to be discussing with us. Uh, she's participated in several festivals all over the country, and I believe she has recently been accepted into Smoky Mountain. So she's got some really valuable insight that we're going to be including in on this next podcast. And we are so happy that you guys decided to tune in and listen to us. We thank you so much. This podcast today was brought to you by Four Suits Entertainment and Grayscape Media. And I am your girl, Rue La La. If you would like to drop us a line or if you have anything else you would like to add to the conversation or stuff you would like us to include, please feel free to email us at foursuitsent at gmail.com or you can reach me at rulala86 at gmail.com. And we just can't wait to hear from you guys. So if you liked this podcast today, please hit the follow button. And you guys have a lovely day. I'll see you all next time.